home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. So, effective problem solving. In the contracting industry, there are going to be problems that arise on a job. It's inevitable. All your jobs aren't going to go smooth. How you respond to adversity, how you respond to delays, all of this stuff dictates how the relationship is going to go moving forward. If you build that trust and confidence, then they are more likely to trust that you're going to fix problems as they arise throughout the project. Some of the problems that come up that we've seen are material shortages, your subs being delayed, your people being delayed, you accidentally poked a pipe. Some stuff like that happens on every job. There's going to be a little something that occurs And how you respond to that, how you respond to the adversity, and how you build confidence with your client if you're communicating every day is going to dictate what happens when a delay comes up, when a problem arises. They want to know that you have the resolve, you have what it takes as a contractor, as a contracting business to take care of the problem in a timely manner. But even if it's not in a timely manner, your response to the situation is going to dictate how they feel about your project moving forward. They will understand and be more likely to be understanding if you've communicated, if you've done everything that you could possibly do and the delay was inevitable. There's unforeseen circumstances that called cause delays. And if you've already built that relationship, then the client is going to trust that you can handle that delay. A key element to your success when you're doing a remodel project or a home build is being able to gauge the client's needs, being able to understand and and stay ahead of their decision making. Once you build that relationship and you really understand the client needs, it's going to go a long ways, not only when problems arise during a project, but in making sure they trust that you can make decisions without them and for them in their absence. And that right there is critical to 
the time that a project takes and decision-making during a project. There are so many decisions that have to be made during a project or during a home build. So if they trust that you know what you're doing and that you're going to come through with your word and that you're guiding them and you're talking to them and you're being open and honest, you're communicating effectively, they're more likely to let you guide them during the project. So they don't delay decision making. Uh, you're a couple of steps ahead of them when asking them to make selections, when to make decisions. And if they have changes, you're communicating effectively on what the change entails, how long it's going to take, how much money needs to be spent for that change. All of those things are a part of understanding the client needs. And now we move into shop talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. So typically in um, home building, there are two types of contracts and we'll do a, a whole show about contracts later, but we use a fixed fee contract. And the reason that we use the fixed fee versus the other type of contract, which is a cost plus, is because the, it, there's multiple reasons. Uh, one, the bank likes a set cost to build a home. Uh, two, we do the fixed fee with allowances, which means we typically don't make money off the allowances. You can shop the details of your home with those allowances. We give you a budget with a good, better, best. And then three, you as the client know your cost to build. Correct. Right. The cost plus is where we give you a rough number to build the, the structure of the home, uh, $175 a square foot, and then the house, you know, is a thousand square foot, so it's $175,000, and we're going to have a fee of 15% on that. You do the math, whatever 175 times 15 is. Um, that guarantees our percentage. However, if the cost of the home build goes up, our 15% goes of 175 turns into 15% of 180, turns into 190. So it could look like we're incentivizing driving the cost up. One reason I don't use that cost plus contract. Then the second reason is because when we do a fixed fee with allowances, we help you shop that thing through. But on the cost plus, it, the client is really wanting to do a cost plus so they can shop this thing out. And what that does is delay the build. Correct. So when we do the fixed fee, we give you allowances, you pick those items out, we order them, we know our timelines the other way around. If we're you know, relying on you to really kind of pick items and shop around, it causes so many delays during the build process. So it's a little bit harder. I will say, I believe there are more um, cost plus contracts out there right now due to the market. And, and that should be kind of getting reined in because it was very hard on us as a company doing fixed fees during uh, the COVID era with the supply chain issues. We did, we took some hits and lost some money on some builds, right? And it was very tough. So a lot of builders have changed over to the cost plus so they, they can guarantee a return. Anyway, okay, so now that you know what type of contract, we move forward with the discussion on how we estimate. So we did the foundation, framing, uh, windows and doors. That's usually 
for the labor, it's about it's a it's a cost per unit, right? Per door unit, per window, and then we also on the allowances, we kind of take an average of of our builds, a regular window versus an impact, and then we say, okay, you've got twenty windows at X amount. Here's your allowance for windows. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Say they got 10, 10 windows at five hundred dollars. Sure. That's for a a good level builder's grade window impact yeah. resistant or non whichever and uh, so you'd have five uh five or five thousand yeah five thousand dollars would be your allowance in that case same goes down the road we do same thing for doors we do uh for your trim so every little line item has an allowance that we allow the client to actually make the selection Gotcha. And kind of these lines, you just kind of move on down and we don't necessarily need to go through every line. But what you what you do is you use your past builds and past projects as a frame of reference. And that's really how you come up with your cost to build on the on the construction side, on the front side. Those numbers, uh, we we revamp those every now and then. We just totally revamped our system and offer our clients a good, better, best. Can you tell me what that's about? By doing breaking it up into a good, better, best, it gives them the option to. What is good, better, best? What does that mean? Good, better, best is you take items and you basically you start out base like at a builder's grade product. Sure. Say, for instance, uh, a sink fixture or no. a faucet. Clarify this, and this is what I really want to hit home. Builder's grade is a good product. That does not mean we are degrading the quality of our build by using a builder's grade product. That means this product is basic and it's more affordable. Correct. Okay. So that's what the good is, and, and builder's grade, you might hear that type of stuff. And yes, our good level is a good home build. Correct. Yeah. You, you step up to a better product. Obviously, it'd be like uh, you maybe do a, uh, a little more quality of, of a faucet, and then you've got a best, which would be a higher end. And then we do give the client option should they really want something out of the park. Yeah. Like a luxury item. Right. And, and that's okay. kind of how we consider it. So we've got good, better, best. Correct. And then we've got luxury because... There are certain items that we can't put a price on. These clients can really choose to go haywire with stuff, you know, and we we just don't know the cost. So if you got it, you got it. We give you that. We just don't put a price in that category. Exactly. And I mean, it gives them the option because, I mean, it's if you go in there with a a set fee and and some of the, the track home builders that are building around us, yeah, production guys, production, production builders. builders. Yeah. They literally, they may, I mean, you may have, you know, A or B selection. Sure. And uh, this gives the client the option, not necessarily about A or B, but you've got a category where you've got a, a general, say, for a faucet, might be 75 or even $100 sure. for good. That gives you an option of 10, 15, 20 different options yeah. within that. So you're not set on A or B, brush nickel, or antique bronze. Right. And uh, it just gives them a little more selection. They can more customize that house. Yeah. And and what it does is it puts them in a, in a budget. 
Correct. Right. So they are getting to truly select these items, but they're being put into a budget so they know. And sometimes they're going to care more about the faucets than the hardware. So they may be um, in multiple categories. Correct. They may, I want the best master bathroom, but I don't give me basic hardware throughout the house. Correct. You know, different things like that that we kind of try to work through for them to either save money or again, get what they want regardless of the money. It's truly custom home at that point. Correct. And it always helps to have the clients select their section prior to doing an estimate. If they have the opportunity to go through these line items and it's like, yeah, you know, in the kitchen, I want my kitchen. That's where I'm going to spend a lot of my time. I want a higher end level of cabinets, a better sink, better appliances. We may not use these, the spare bathroom. Let's go with the basic sink and, and stuff in that. So it gives, sure. us, gives them the option to make those selections. But it also helps me as an estimator when I have that information. I can be more detailed, as I was talking earlier. The more information I have, the more accurate that estimate is going to be. Yeah. And the smoother that pre-construction up to the build is going to be. Gotcha. So we've now put together the cost of construction, the builds. Those are kind of your set structured fixed costs, which is, you know, HVAC plumbing, frame and foundation, all of those types of things, uh, labor for windows and doors and floor coverings and all that. That's into your construction costs. Then your allowances are all the things that you have, you know, that they are going to make selections on. And you kind of take the construction costs, the allowance costs, and then we have some optional items, you know, that sometimes they want to get all they can out of the money the bank is going to give them. So they want, okay, go ahead and throw a fence in there. Go ahead and throw a pergola in there so I can get it mortgaged in. And so we have this optional add-on section. So when you add all of those things up, off of the details and specs from the plans, and then that client meeting that we do, it gives us that that number, that final number. And they can take that to the bank and, and, and stuff like that. Okay. So that's a little bit about how we operate. We estimate heat spends. How many estimates do you think since I turned it over about two weeks ago, how many estimates do you, you think you've worked on so far? I've probably been on, I would say, probably close to 15, going back on some that we've already been working on. 15, which is good for, for a custom builder to be working on that many um, in this market because we were definitely kind of, you know, leery about the, the interest rate and stuff like that. But here on the Gulf Coast, we're in a bubble, so it seems to to be steady, and we're always looking at how we can help the client. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about our estimating process, what we do. So really, that initial phone call, you kind of set up a meeting with the client. You, you go to their site, look at the site, so you have an idea of how to work the foundation and stuff like that. And then you sit down and, well, you'll connect them with the architect, get the plans drawn. And then you're able to kind of give them some more hard hard numbers. Correct. And then uh, once the engineer really try to wait till the engineer is done because they may change the structure, um, add cost to the engineering, make things a little bit different. So once they're done, you can really give them that 
hard. Here's your number. Here's how much it's going to cost to build the home. Correct. And any time before that, I mean, uh, you got co- uh, clients that are going to come in with a hand-drawn plan for themselves. And that, even though it does help us, those are still going to be rough numbers. Sure. Very rough, Very right? Rough. Because what our, what our architect does a very good job of and, uh, you know, if you're local, use the guy. Even if you're not local, he can help you out. He does a phenomenal job. His name's Rob Winter. Um, what he does a good job of is detailing the inside as well as not just giving you elevation drawings and floor planning and and stuff like that, but the scheduling he does, the windows, the cabinets, the doors. Right. Uh, he does a, three, a 3D virtual walkthrough so the clients can kind of see the house before they get it. He does a very good job of that, and that helps the builder. That helps us write price and estimate and bid this this thing properly. Okay, Pete, I appreciate you talking about estimating. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer, and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. You know, which is funny because I'm actually I'm kind of going through lists. I'm like, yeah, I did all of this before we flooded for Sally and had to redo everything. So, so you were making these. I was like, already like making these. And- yeah. So when we moved in our home, we had we did have solid oak cabinets um, with a pretty dated granite countertop. Yeah. Um, and it looked more like a cabin. We're down here on the coast, so I wasn't really feeling that vibe. Right. So my first um, change in that home. 13 years ago. So I painted the cabinets then I changed the hardware and then I changed the lighting fixture. So I did a, like a big chandelier, a pretty good size chandelier over our Island. And that alone, even I think it was like 300 bucks and it made such a difference. So the lighting, um, and that's something too that you don't have to be extremely. You can go to YouTube University and learn how to change that out. So YouTube University, I love that. I love that. Now this YouTube stuff can people can get yeah. carried away. <laughs> All of true. a sudden, you've got a bunch of experts who are like, "Well, on YouTube, this is how it's supposed right, to be that's done." True. And you're like, "Oh, thanks, Christy." I take that, ba- that, I take that back. Just find a Kirby podcast <laughs> on how to change the light fixture. No, no. Have no, you done no, that one all- yet? We have not. Oh, we see? need to do yes. that, right? How yeah. to change like okay. Yeah. yeah. Educational. Yeah. Okay. So and and we were getting back to kind of the, the cabinet situation. So there's painting, but a lot of people don't know this too, but you can actually just remove and replace doors. Um, yes. And so yeah. that that right there can be a simple fix rather than removing and replacing the entire mm-hmm. set of cabinets. Absolutely. You can do just doors. And again, we're not talking about the cost of these things. We're just talking simple items right, uh, right. that do not require an entire remodel or gut mm-hmm. or plumbing move or any of that. Right, but right. yeah, so um, actually getting new doors for the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shakers are so popular right now. Yes. And it, so for people to switch that out would make a big difference for sure. Yeah. But you know what I've I've noticed too is that you said Shaker is popular, which it is. Uh, it's hugely popular. And over the last seven years for us, we have installed so many white shaker mm-hmm. cabinets. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see a transition now to where people are going away from that. Like uh, our farmhouse build we did in Fairhope, it they she had hunter green. And I was like, eh, um, I don't know. But when they crazy. came in, 
It was. It, it really was. So, so it was a hunter green, full set of hunter green. I really am a fan of the navy blue for, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Go navy. Hashtag uh, navy. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, I'll say <laughs> this, and we were talking about the gold. That that gold against that navy blue looks good, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Um, the brush gold. Yeah. But I think what she had, she had the hunter green cabinets in her kitchen, and she had the um, darker knobs and pools. Mm-hmm. So it, it went well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. she had a quartz, a solid white quartz countertop mm-hmm. and it, it really looked good, right, right. but I was just, I was kind of iffy because, you know, cabinets can be expensive. And then all of a sudden her whole kitchen, she, we, we ordered right. hunter green and I was like, how's that going to look? Actually, but, Jen painted those, didn't she? Or were those, were those no. ones she, okay. No, there so, was another one. So that there she painted is another one now, um, that right was here. Really pretty. Yep. And those are now hunter green. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of an, another color that people are gravitating mm-hmm. towards, but yeah. you've got uh, hunter green, you've got the Navy blues. Have you seen any other colorful um, uh, cabinets? The, the beiges are, Oh, here you go with this. The beiges are coming back. Listen, the gray's going out. I I, I, I cannot even believe. if you're sticking in grage. Grage, beige. I cannot believe beige is back. It, it. Listen, I don't know. I'm disputing this because here's the thing: like everything goes full circle. Like the gold coming right. back, it's it's kind of full circle. Right. Uh, so, beige, really, beige. I thought it was gray. I thought gray is what what is good. Um, I paint everything gray, dark gray, light gray, uh, neutral colors. Right? That's just I know that's the construction in me. That's the ease in me. But but beige, that was the neutral color of choice. It's got to be done day. right though. It's got to be done. Accessible okay, so, beige is a great color from Sherwin Williams. Okay. And um, but what you do you can, what do you pair with that? So, be, you know, like when like you're an off white. Okay. Or you can do the green. Yeah. You can do another. Green. That, when you're talking to color, though, you can also just paint your island if you have one. Sure. And just do an accent, basically treat it like a separate furniture piece in a way. And I've so, seen I've seen some of that in kitchens. So um, you're saying where your wall cabinets, right, and mm-hmm. your base and wall cabinets may be one color and then the island is a right, different color. Right. So if you don't want to paint your whole kitchen, but you want to add some change, just do the island. Just do the island. And and then that's more affordable. Anytime right. that you're painting less. Right. So you may be able to hire a painter. They come in and they give you, you know, a, that $15,000 quote on mm-hmm. the whole kitchen. But they're like, well, the island will just be right. 5000 Well, that's a that does make a big difference. Right. And then I've also seen this. Tell me your opinion on this. We not only did the island, so we did a a, a whole home remodel in, in Fairhope, but she had, so all of her uh, wall cabinets were white, and then her island cabinets were gray, mm-hmm. and she had two different countertops as well, mm-hmm. two different colors. And I was like, eh, I don't know. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I'm always shocked at, it sometimes, and again, I'm no designer, but you know, some of the choices they make, I'm like, I don't know. And then we install it, and it, it really looks good, right? You know, yeah. I think um, I didn't, I didn't see that house, so I can't get, really have an opinion about it. But I do think I'll show it you pictures. is the size. <laughs> I'll show you the size of the space matters, and how much is actually going on in that environment to, right. um, or in that space to have that much 
different. I mean, because if you already have different metals, if you already have different countertops, if you have different paint colors, yeah, it might be a little much, but some people might prefer that. Well, so, and what yeah. it was, was uh, it was a 1500 square foot house in the fruit nut district and they had a galley kitchen okay. and we, yeah. we kind of opened it up. Mm-hmm. We blew it completely open. We redid the, the stair location. We did, we, you know, we did a lot mm-hmm. of work there, created a landing and stuff, but, um, but yeah, it, it definitely opened so, in such a small home. Mm-hmm. When you do open concept, it really creates a whole different environment. Right. When you walk into a galley kitchen, it, it just seems small. You but know? the walls are trending back to. So what do you mean there? They're, they're bringing back the walls. Like, so galley style, you're saying? May... Just. Really? It's a roller coaster ride. It is just a roller stay with coaster it. ride. They do this. For 10 years anyway. <laughs> they do Until it changes this. again. It keeps us in business. It does. <laughs> like, you know, if, if they don't do this and then I they're like. Pinterest keeps you in business. That, that's true. And then if they don't do this, if they're not, you know what? We've opened it up. Well, let's close it back. Well, let's open. <laughs> if they don't do that in cycles, right? The right. industry or you interior designers mm-hmm. are like, oh, yeah, closing that kitchen back up in style. Now, all of a sudden, you've got work. We've yeah, created right. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so it's and just the cycle goes on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and product innovation too. Right. Right. So over the years, there's been you know different types of product that that have come on the market that people gravitate towards um, as well. So and you know to be honest with you, some some of the stuff, some of the materials are expensive, but then there's also inexpensive alternatives, mm-hmm. especially in the kitchen and bath industry. We're starting to find stuff like the 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 LVPs um that you can get a good quality LVP and it's just not near as much as real hardwood right. or you know LVT for tile and it's not as expensive. The maintenance piece on some of this stuff is mm-hmm. so what we're seeing in the um, bath industry, and and I know you've seen seen this too, is the Onyx system, right. right? Where, and for me personally, if I do my bathroom over mm-hmm. again, my master, mm-hmm. I will do the Onyx, mm-hmm. and again, it goes back to cleanly cleanliness and maintenance mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. I love the look of a tile shower. It's nice, but to be honest, the Onyx is friendlier to clean and to maintenance. So, and they're starting to make uh, make it with design, right? So, yeah, like they, they have, have a lot of options. They do, and it's not just plain. You know, like cultural marble right. was just solid, right? Right. You may have a swirl of marble, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. other than that, it was solid panel. Yeah. And this, you do have the solid options, but you also have the like shiplap and and subway tile where mm-hmm. it's just stamped, really, right? right. Uh, but it comes in as a whole piece, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. For installers, it's a lot easier too. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. you're essentially standing up walls, right? Mm-hmm. You waterproof and stand up walls and put in the pan, right? Um, instead of stacking grout and stacking right. grout, right? So some of the stuff is is becoming more cost effective. The maintenance is better, and uh, I think going back to the simplicity of getting that dream kitchen with simple changes, mm-hmm. do some product research. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are. 
the Home Building and Remodeling Show. 